Hello. Welcome to episode 99 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And we have a super duper special guest. Hi, my name is Christus. I have been here one other time before. If you've watched from the very beginning or listened, uh, you'll remember me. But I decided to join here today to go over the Zendikar Rising Championship decklist. Yeah, yeah you uh, like spent a bunch of time this weekend watching coverage that Brian and I didn't have a chance to. And like you've been messaging us back and forth a little bit over the last couple of weeks asking about getting back in historic. So uh, it's probably a pretty good time to have you on the show to talk historic, right? Yeah, I have played, I want to say like 150 matches in the past like five days. There you wow. go. That's, so a, I've been, I've been that's a lot of arena. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been playing a ton of different decks and just streaming a lot of it, but a lot of arena grinding all right cool. so he buried it right there yeah where can they yeah, find yeah. this stream that you spoke of sir <clears throat> twitch.tv slash k-r-i-s-t-o-s-i-i uh i stream all the time actually just all the time. that's how you play 150 matches you stream all the time all the time yeah like i wake up tur- get some toast eggs and then start the stream and we're going wow awesome um, Maybe if uh, if Brian's on the ball, he can put a, a link to your, your Twitch in the description. Oof, that'd be great. I can totally be on the ball that much. I can copy-paste. I can do that. That's All right. Cool. So you can find a link to Christos's, uh stream in the description down below. Yeah. And uh, per usual, if you want to... Okay, in the background, they're watching the Steelers game. They're good people. They're good people. Uh, Being a little rowdy, so don't don't mind them. We appreciate we appreciate that as a Steelers fan. I appreciate this. It's fine. It's fine. But if you want to get at us with any show ideas, or you know, episode one hundred is coming up. So if you have uh, any big blowout suggestions you have uh, for that, you can tweet at us at Casual Tripod. Yep. You can also hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. If you want to drop us an email. You can do so at show at casualtryhardmtg.com. Don't forget, if you're looking to pick up any singles, please use our TCG Player affiliate link. doesn't cost you any more. Everything you purchase after following that link will get a small sliver of to help keep the show rolling. It's uh, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. If you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Our patrons get early access to our show notes. I usually post them the day before the show goes live, so you kind of get a sneak peek about what we're going to be talking about. And you also get our super-duper sound check pre-show that is totally off-the-cuff and never planned out, and you absolutely never, ever know what we're going to be talking about. Typically, I post that the day after we record, so you get to look forward to that as well. We also have a YouTube channel, the Casual Tryhard MTG on YouTube. It's mostly just another place to find the show, but occasionally we do post videos up there. We talked the other week about um, how we organize our collections and the kind of products that we use to do so. And I made a video walking through my collection, kind of showing you the sorts of things that I use to organize my cards. And I posted that up on YouTube, so you can check that out there as well. Also, we have a Discord channel. Uh, There should be a link down in the description. There's a link on Twitter. There's a link on Facebook. If you want to get into Discord and you, for whatever reason, the link doesn't work or you can't find it, shoot us a message however you feel and we'll send you a personalized link to get you in there. And we should just get out. Christos, where can they follow you on Twitter? Uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Christosivivo. 
So it is K-R-I-S-T-O-S-I-I-V-E-V-O. There we go. Excellent. He is, he is uh, deeper into the esports than I am. <laughs> yeah, I watch I watch a lot of esports. All right. So we had the uh, Zendikar Rising Championships this weekend, which is what passes as a pro tour these days. It was about 200 players, give or take, like right around there. 100, 140, if I'm not mistaken. There had to be more than that because like, I looked at the, the number of decks in the deck list breakdown. And like 140 doesn't work out. Like, yeah, it should have been all of the MPL, all of Rivals, and all the Challengers, right? Something like that. That sounds right. It was uh, because like one of the decks had 56 people who played it. And it was 30 percent of the field, so it's a little. But yeah, it's somewhere in that yeah. ballpark. Or their numbers were just they're bad at math. But Frank Carson has a PhD in math, so like or whatever. Probably so. not bad at math. Probably not bad at math. Probably not. Yeah, uh, and it was a split uh, tournament, a split field tournament where, or split format tournament. There we go, where half the the matches, or roughly half the matches, were in historic, and the top eight was historic, and then the other half was standard. All right, so Chris has just checked. We have 184 players. There we go. So we wanted to look at. Mainly the historic um, field, since that's what Christos has had the most experience in. But I mm-hmm. did want to compare the two metagames because just the, the percentages. Because mm-hmm. I thought it was, was interesting, kind of like the perception of historic and like standard and then kind of how the metagame shook out. Okay. So in historic, it was 30% Jun Sack or Rakdos Sack. They yeah. kind of smush those together. Well, I mean, that's kind of misleading, though, because Rakdos Sack and Jun Sack are, like, pretty different. And there's also at least two variants of Jun Sack. Yeah. yeah. So that's, like, thir- I mean, 30% seems like a big chunk of the meta, but that really is, like, three pretty different decks. Yeah, especially, like, the Jun variants are really different. Yeah. They share the same colors. Like, it's... I, I I would have Rakdos and then Junsek. Like yeah. that would be my that'd be my separation. But... Then the next deck is uh Sultai, which was twenty eight percent of the metagame. Yeah. So basically two decks accounted for almost sixty percent of the metagame. Now yeah. this is a far cry from a year ago when one deck was seventy percent of the metagame. <laughs> Uh, oh, right. Oko. Oh, Oko. Right. And then you had goblins at 13%. And then it kind of fell off from there. Yeah. But then if you look at standard, where like I haven't played standard in a, in a while. Yeah, I uh, haven't either. But it seems like standard is a better kind of metagame in that a quarter of it was uh, Girl Adventures. Mm-hmm. Then you have Mono Green at 17%. Then uh, Blue Black Rogues. Yeah. At uh, 17%. Um, and then Teamer Adventures at 11%. Then Demir Control at 10%. And then Esper Doom at 9%. So you have like a kind of a better spread. Yeah. It's it's weird that we have Historic being a like much bigger card pool. Yeah. And it's like, hey, two decks are, or if you want to call it three decks are... 60% of your meta game is a little yeah. weird. Like you would say it that like m- that modern was unhealthy if that was the case. 
Yeah. And it's also kind of strange because that like the Saltai lists and the four color lists are more or less like pile of good cards. Like, yeah. I mean, they're synergistic, but they're, they're very much piles. like, yeah. And like, that's kind of odd for like a big carpool format. It's, it's weird to me that this is the case, but it makes sense when you think about the card quality spike that has happened in the last year and a half. Yeah. It just right? invalidates everything. Yeah, so there's no point in having a big card pool. You're just going to get slightly better things like Fatal Push and Thoughtseize. But yeah. you just pile it into the good cards that already exist. It's yeah. kind of like, if you look at Legacy, right? Legacy has kind of devolved into Uro Oko piles. Yeah. And so you have this giant card pool, and it's like you just play cards printed from 2019 with mm-hmm. dual lands and cantrips around them. Yeah. So it's, 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 you know, kind of normal in that respect, but it was just interesting that it was like historic. We think of as like, oh, there's a lot of variety, but like when it came down for money, it kind of coalesced around a few decks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's also kind of weird. Like thinking about it that way, just like pile of cards around Uro is like the best deck in every format. Yeah. I mean, that's how modern is right now too. It's just four color Uro piles. Yeah, yeah, so death and taxes to try to beat it. Modern, legacy, pioneer, historic, like they're all just Euro piles. <laughs> yeah. Like when we saw that card, we were like, why did they just like make a better like growth spiral? Yeah. And I didn't think that the card would become like the backbone of all magic formats. Yeah. But it basically is the backbone of all magic formats now. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of think of it the same way that we were thinking of Adventures, where it's like an extra mana on Growth Spiral that draws two cards, one of them being a 6-6 that draws you more Growth Spirals. Yeah. It's such a good feeling to turn three Uro and Thoughtseize someone. (laughs) It's just, the game's over. Like, you're not winning. It's just like, oh, do you had plans? I'm sorry. No longer do you have plans. Yeah. So, like, I think that it's pretty safe to say that most people have a good idea of what's in Rakdos and Junsack to some mm-hmm. degree. And I think, I feel like the Saltai f- or four color mid range piles yeah. are the exact same deck from the last, like, big historic tournament. Mm-hmm. They are. The only thing that's, like, different, and this applies to mid range decks in every format, is the five to seven flex cards that you change on a week-to-week basis yeah and that's that's it that's the only difference i look at uh i have reeds uh redukes and uh canisters Mm -hmm. uh lists open and there's only five to five to six cards that are different if you don't count the yashorns yeah yeah and so like we don't need to really talk about those decks per se but there were some uh Spicy meatballs. Oh yeah, this weekend had some decks that got coverage really early and that I think weren't the ideal or optimal version of their list. Okay. But can be really, really good. Uh if you want to tune them for uh, for letter play, you can probably get away with it. You might squeak by in a couple mm-hmm. of them, but I think they can be real players, uh, if the work gets done for them. So the So what's the first one? Yeah, the first one you uh, have up here is it's so, a nice one. Yeah. Uh, so this is Kai Buddha's uh, Sultai Paradox deck. 
Mm-hmm. Um, this was first shown round three. Uh, Kai was 2-0 uh, to start the weekend. And it involves uh, the combo of Paradox Engine, uh, Kinnon, Bonder Prodigy, which is a card that I will uh, tell you what it does. <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> we have Kinnon and Bonder Prodigy, uh, legendary blue-green human druid, uh, to do. Uh, whenever you untap a non-land permanent for mana, add one mana of any type uh, that permanent produced. So land war elves, uh, mana rocks, mm-hmm. mox, moxen, uh, make two instead of one. So it's and, kinda like a two mana leyline of abundance? Yeah, very similar. But it also has a lovely ability where you pay seven mana, look at the top five cards of your library, and you may put a non-human creature card from among them onto the battlefield. Oh, sweet. Uh, so... Once you get rolling, say, with a Kennen and a Paradox Engine and, say, like a Chromatic Sphere and a Mox Amber, mm-hmm. you have infinite mana to find your Emery, Lurker of the Locks, to then mm-hmm. loop your deck, uh, draw every card, and play Jace. Jace, Wielder of Mysteries. Uh, and that is essentially your A plan for this deck. How, so how, do you, how are you looping Emery? So you loop Emery by finding a new one and just doing that. And then it okay. untaps with Paradox Engine, and you can tap it again. Gotcha. And tap it, tap it again. And you're just looping uh, Chromatic Spheres and Mox Sambers. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought, because I, I tried this deck over the weekend, and I, for a minute there, I thought I was missing something. I wasn't sure how you how you were uh, looping Emery's. I was certainly looping the uh, the Mana Rocks, but I wasn't sure how, how you were uh, like looping the Emery. Yeah, you, it, like, you, get, you get four, I guess. That that yeah. is your that is your loop de loop. Uh, and okay. then it stops. But at that point, if you have four emeries, you've played like every card in your deck. Right, yeah. Or most of them at least. Yeah. Also has Tamio, which has been like a sleeper all-star of this deck, I feel like. Yeah. Um no, Tamio Tamio's, was great. Yeah, Tamio's recursion is just so so good. And it really helps. You can have like Tamio pass the turn and then most of your hand is your hand is protected. Mm-hmm. Uh, from like Thoughtseize effects, and that is something that every player has run into. And you've tried to Thoughtseize or Thought Erasure someone, and Tanyo says no. Yep. Uh, feels really bad. Um, but again, this deck is an Uro deck. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they shut off your combination potential, like they take your Jace and you can't find one or whatever, you have Emery to fuel your graveyard. And so you can just, you just get Uro out. Yeah, you just you just play the six six uh, yeah. from. <laughs> And it's that's that's a fine B plan. Like yep. Arrow is Arrow's just fine. He wins games by himself. Yeah, uh, no questions asked. Usually, uh, like a three turn clock, like somebody's shocked or thought seized or something. And yeah, like most most of the time, unless you're playing very lucky and have the le- right lands at the right time, you're starting the game at like sixteen in this format. Yeah, and Arrow just ends it from there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's. It's such a powerful combo deck and that it has two game plans uh, for the beatdown, just in case. Right. Um, I think that's a mark of really good deck building. Mm-hmm. And Kai has proven this time and time again that he is one of the best deck builders the game's oh, ever yeah. seen. Oh, yeah. Certainly deserving of his spot in the uh, Hall of Fame. Yes. So um, I've seen versions of this uh, uh, where uh, where they loop like Renegade maps where you yeah. like Emery... And getting a renegade map back, and then you're like untapping like mana rocks, and so you get mana, uh, infinite mana that way through mm-hmm. like having two mind stones. And then you take every land out of your deck with the renegade map, 
and then you take every and then you take uh then you draw your whole deck with mindstone with paradox engine like paradox engine just does a lot of busted stuff yeah Yeah. paradox engine is one of those cards that i don't think should be legal in any format outside of commander that's not legal it's not legal in commander it's not it's not even okay well see the the commander's unplayable uh this deck will only get better over time and it will potentially be really annoying in high level games but you probably won't see it on the ladder it'll always be picked by these people like kai like uh whoever teams with them like brad nelson uh Mm -hmm. will probably pick this deck up at some point and play it to a good finish and it'll get a lot of eyes on it and you'll be like oh this deck is really busted why can't people play it and it's just because it takes so long to actually win the games yeah, the first round that I played with it, because I, I fired it up this weekend. I think you had sent a message to our group chat or whatever, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, that deck's sweet. So I fired it up, and I think I only played one or two rounds with it. I think I actually only played one round with it, and I got through game one. Did it, it take took you 40 for, minutes? <laughs> almost, yeah. And, like, my opponent never scooped. Like, I, I was just, you know, churning through my deck, and my opponent just sat there and never scooped. And I'm assuming he walked away from the computer because he never came back after sideboarding. Oh, almost certainly. Like I have yeah. seen uh, White Derby, most notably, was streaming this deck, uh, mm-hmm. and he played against the same guy three games in a row. Oh man, uh, poor guy. And, yeah. Well, the guy uh, could not possibly win, but Wyatt was the one time because it takes so long. Yeah. Uh, and had to concede game three just because yeah. he ran out of time, both yeah. uh, in in matches two and three. Yeah, uh, and doesn't just, surprise me. I wish yeah, there was even, a better way to mill. Even if you just QQ to like try to get your mana to keep playing spells, it just takes so long that it's yeah. it's very difficult. Like in paper, you just say I have I have combo. Right. But on arena or even MTGO, it's just not feasible. Yeah. Well, I mean in paper you're allowed to say I've demonstrated a loop and move on. Yeah. In on arena you can't demonstrate a loop. You just have to do it or hope your opponent scoops. Yeah, like I, I have played against this deck I think twice now, and mm-hmm. I've scooped just both times because yeah. I know I know the combo and I'm not going to sit there and waste both of our time to do it. Right. But people who are playing like Sultai Mid or Sacrifice decks don't mm-hmm. actually have a way to disrupt the combo if they don't have a Fatal Push. Yeah. Uh, and outside of that, they just will try to time you out. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the only downfall of this deck. This deck is very, very good. It it yeah. has you, you mention it like in in the notes so you're comparing it to KCI, where you know it's a deck that's not going to show up a lot because of the number of clicks and just the general fiddliness of it, yeah. and I think that you know it's fine as a deck like you said when there's low adoption, mm-hmm. but when people like start to see it's the best deck because like KCI was the best deck for a while in modern. Yeah. And then no one played it. No one played it. Matt Nass won every event with it. Yeah. And then everyone started playing it. And it was just like, oh, this is miserable. We have to stop it. Yeah. yeah. I think the real thing that kept KCI afloat was engineered explosives. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to answer Stony Silence. And even in historic, like we don't have good artifact tape. We have a braid. And a braid yeah. is not the answer to Paradox Engine. Right. Um, and if we had like a Stony Silence esque effect, or even a Shatterstorm would probably be good enough. Uh, this deck can just kind of do it at once, but people won't play it just because it's, it's like just yeah. takes too long and it's kind of miserable. Yeah, yeah it so is. 
It is is really fun to play, miserable to play. <laughs> I had a thought real quick. You said that uh, this deck was hard to play due to its fiddliness. Mm-hmm. We should we should give this a, a fid, fiddly score. Like how how many fiddles should we give this deck? This is like an eight or nine on the fiddle score. Yeah, so it's eight eight fiddles out of ten. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Well, if KCI is ten fiddles. This is like yeah. eight. Okay. Yeah, KCI when you're when you're starting to exploit like the rule the timing rules for sacrificing permanence to like cast spells, it does that's that's the peak. So this is this is close, but not quite there. Yeah, if eggs can be a twelve, <laughs> eggs uh, can be egg. a twelve. Yeah, KCI has a ten. A deck they've banned out of the format multiple times. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is just a thing that's like gonna be around, and I don't think you have to worry about like having specific hate for it. In the notes, they were like, "Oh, Brian's gonna want to talk about Kethis," but I feel as though it is dumb to play a graveyard combo deck into a main deck Grafdigger's Cage format. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Maybe Brian doesn't want to talk about Kethis. And- <laughs> well, Kethis is a bad magic card. Because you have to play white mana for it. <laughs> Ouch! Oh man, welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. If, if it was if it was Saltai, that deck would be so much cleaner and It'd better. Be so good, you could play. Uro. You could play Uro. <laughs> yeah, but just the the fact that like this deck is effectively like a a graveyard combo deck. Yeah, and your opponent can just be like, "Oh, oops, game one. Here's my turn one Grafdigger's Cage." And then you're just like, oh, no. I guess, oh I guess like, you're not even on the Uro plan then. Yeah. No, you're just on the like chase them plan. Yeah. Where you just pick up your cards and save yourself 30 minutes. Yeah. You're yeah. just like, I'm going to try to mill myself out with Jace. Let's go. Yeah. And it's just not, that's not where you want to be. No. In a format like historic. No. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there is, there is that where, you know, there are two decks we're going to talk about that have main deck Grafdigger's Cage. Yeah. And it's just like that's it's hard to play those kind of decks, uh, play a deck that's so reliant on the graveyard into that as well. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, this this will have the the dredge effects, right? Uh, that dredge has on modern, where people will bring their graveyard hate the next week, mm-hmm. and then you want to be on like affinity when they yeah. bring their graveyard hate. Yeah, and like I guess I don't know what like I guess the historic version of affinity is. Godfrey's gift. You think it's Godfrey's gift? Oh yeah, the deck is sleeper good. Uh, mm. The the blue white version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I lost to that when they use season hollow blade as like the B plan, the B B plan, and oh, I just wow. got like rolled. Yeah. So it, I use Dream Troller as my B plan. Okay. Well, that's pretty good too. Yeah. But like uh, season, so... season hollow blade is like a discard outlet. Yeah. As well it's not as. Bad. Yeah. I was just like, I can't ever kill this with my fatal push ever. No. Ugh. So, like, are the new versions of that deck refurbished decks instead yeah, so, of like the way uh, they used to be built? I took Reduke's list that he was playing like two weeks ago and tuned it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you the combination of Dream Troller and Champion of Wits is very good. Oh yeah, I hadn't thought of that either. Yeah. If yeah, you that's pretty sweet. if you have the Dream Troller and then you get a new champion. Yeah, uh, you're attacking for like 11. Yeah, think. that's great. Yeah, and that that combo alone has won me a lot of matches. Yeah, I'm gonna have to I check that list out. I went like 14 and 0 in platinum. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah, 
it's like what got me through that section. Awesome. I All right. Recommend. So I said we we're going to talk a lot about it, but we have to kind of talk about Saltai and Four Color Mid Rage because that seems to be consensus the best deck in Historic. Yeah. And I'm inclined to agree. So what it's is certainly the, powerful. What is the difference? Like, where does the fourth color come in? Why are people playing the fourth color in their Saltai pile? So I was just saying how Kethos is a bad magic card because you have to play white. Mm-hmm. Um, but these four color mid piles are playing white for Yasharn, Implaceable Earth. Mm-hmm. Impeccable Earth, excuse me. Oh, and so Yasharn makes it so that players can't pay life or sacrifice non land permanents to cast spells or activate abilities. Oh, so, so that just hoses uh, the absolutely. sacrifice decks, right? Because yeah. they can't cast Thoughtseize, they can't yeah. use their your, priest. Your Dreadhorde Butcher, uh, or Dreadhorde, what is that? The three mana, three, three? Dreadhorde. Mayhem. Uh, Mayhem, Mayhem, Mayhem Devil. That one. That card is laughable in yeah. your face. Uh, it's like your big payoff, and it just. It's so bad. And they can't ever kill it. Uh, right. you, usually they take out their fatal pushes and then you just hit them with the, mm-hmm. the, the medium-sized pig, as it was called on coverage. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's, it is very good, um, especially in a condensed metagame like mm-hmm. a PT or the Zendikar Championship. Uh, you know, for the most part, what your, what your people are going to be playing against. Like yeah. the, the community of rivals and MPL and the, the players all mostly know each other. They all follow each other on Twitter. They know at least somewhat uh, what is going to yeah. be played. So you can kind of have an idea. Even if you can't see Deckless right away, you can have an idea of what the field is going to be playing. And I think overall for the weekend, Four Color uh, was definitely the right choice, even though I think Sultai is a better ladder deck. Uh, in an open field, like an SCG or a GP, uh, if those were still going on, even mm-hmm. the uh, the Caltime qualifiers, uh, I'd, I'd register Sultai instead. Yeah. Now, what makes Sultai so much better? Just the mana? Um, the mana is definitely a lot better. Um, having eight Triumphs is a little egregious. Uh, yeah. When you're you know playing Triumph turn four, turn five, and you're trying to play like an Isla and you just can't, uh, it's, it's not great. The flex slots are a little bit better too. Uh, you can play more Aethergust. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want, um, the Eliminates are good. The uh, Maelstrom Pulse has been a really important slot uh, for me recently. Yeah. It has saved me from playing against a Sandworm Convergence deck. Ooh, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. spicy. <laughs> it was a spicy meatball. Um, and I had to top deck the Maelstrom Pulse to actually win that game. And Pulse is very, very good. Um, yeah. In an like, open you don't have to tell me. I'm a Jun player. I know how yeah, good Pulse you, is. <laughs> you know. It's just, in an open field, right, you want to be able to cover your bases. And yeah. Pulse and uh, the other uh, Mythos of Nithroi mm-hmm. uh, are what you want in an open yeah. field like that. Well, Mythos is white. Mythos is... The extra, the extra, yeah, the extra cost is green-black. Yeah. Uh, green-white. Green-white, I'm green white, green white, green sorry. White. Yeah. 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 Um, but you do want to just have like catch all things. Exactly. I was going to say that a lot of people are accounting for uh, Yashard now. Mm-hmm. There are some sack lists that are playing like Chandra's in the main, or at least some Chandra's in the side. Yeah. To have a way to answer uh, Yasharn. So they're going down, down tick and tag one. Yeah. Yep. So you're not just cold to it. So like, you can like build out your board and then hopefully get to the point where you can be like Chandra down tick. Okay. Now I have like a turn to like do my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Another thing is uh, that is in Soltai's favor or the lens, uh, specifically Castle Lockthwin, mm -hmm. uh, has been very, very good in mirrors, uh, just drawing you three, four extra cards a game. Yeah. Uh, and you just can't run those in the four colors. So you're a little bit worse in the mirror in like a long game. Uh, you can usually play more Krasis in mm -hmm. Soltai, and Krasis and Castle uh, provide an absurd amount of card advantage. Yeah. Again, just it's funny. Basically, we just talked about how we're taking a standard deck from six months ago and having to figure out if you want to tune it to beat another standard deck from six months ago. It's Magic. just it's the Sultai Rant Mirror. Hmm? It's just the Sultai Rant Mirror from four months ago. Yeah, but it's, it's also funny, like, well, do we play four colors so we can beat the Sacrifice deck from standard? True, the Sacrifice deck was very good. That's got Cat Oven got banned. That's right. Yeah. Right, so like, <laughs> it's it's just it's just funny that like, it's it, historic is like the two best decks or the two best archetypes in historic are, the Nissa Crisis deck, the Nissa Crisis Uro deck. I'm sorry, and yep. then the Mayhem Devil Cat Oven Priest of Forgotten yeah. Gods deck. It's just it's just interesting. I do think that the people who registered Collected Company in their sack decks are just incorrect. Yeah, the I know that Company like, is not playable. Like arena, arena decklist was super hard on a more aggressive slant with like Bowmat couriers and scribe heap scroungers. That's what I've been playing lately. I love that deck. I mean, that deck's like my jam anyway. But it's almost like not really a sack deck. Like that's kind of the icing on the cake. That's what gives you the reach. But it's it really is like an aggro beatdown. Yeah, I have run into this one a couple times. Uh, and like Bowmat just fueling for five turns while well, I diddle and do nothing. Oh yeah, uh, is not a good feeling. <laughs> it is very scary. Yeah, no, oh, it's great. <laughs> I love it. So, like, I'm pretty sure Christus is the one who retweeted this. Did you see uh, Brad Nelson, player of Sultai Midrange? His, uh, his, what happened with his testing, his PT testing partner? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that he was supposed to test with Crokies, and then Crokies ghosted him. Right. And Crokies is like, I would have told you not to play Sultai Midrange. Sultai Midrange is the best deck. Crokies is silly sometimes. Yeah, he's kind of out in his own little world sometimes. Yeah. I'm sorry, our lord and savior Crokies is his, is his uh, appropriate Put your respect title. on his name. Yes, our lord and savior Crokies, saving us from boomer magic. Yeah, but like, Sultai Midrange is the like quintessential like deck that pros like to play in that it's just a pile of answers and they're not going to be cold to anything. Yeah. Right. A lot of times pros are going to play the deck that is, you know, 55% against the field, but it's worst matchup is like 45%. Mm. It's not ever going to be like that. They just sit down and go like, oh, I can't beat this fill on the right. blank deck. Yeah. And that's yep. Saltai. Saltai is just not cold to anything. When you're a pro in these fields, you should have the mentality that you can outplay your opponent, even though they're a very good player. Mm -hmm. uh, and these decks allow you to do that, right? Yeah, allow, they give you options. You, yeah, exactly. And you want to be able to hold up the Aether Gust to get them, or yeah. the Eliminate, or what have you. And yep. that's that's what this deck does. It, the combo of Nissa plus Overgrown Tomb or Breeding Pool is very good and lets you get away with things that you may not otherwise. Yep. Yeah. And like in a tournament like this, where if you have one or two Aether Gusts, in your main deck that's something that your opponent has to have in the back of their mind 
Yeah, right, it's like, important for open deck or yeah, open deck list tournaments. Right, like oh, why did they untap their breeding pool with Nissa? Do they have the Aether Gust? I can't play my own Nissa because if it gu- right. gets gusted, I just lose. But if I don't play yeah. my Nissa, I also just lose. And so, yeah. like, you put them in this like squeeze where they don't know what to do, and they just sometimes you just have to go for it, and it's just and it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have the gust, and you're just like, oh, I'm going to take well, six next turn, and then they're going to play a crisis. I'm going to lose. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. Game's over. Go yeah. to the next one. Right, and just have, being able to have that, like, put that doubt in their mind where, you know, you don't have that flexibility in the the four color version. But yep. right, if you sit down against like someone who plays like a mayhem devil and you're just like Yashar and then you feel real smart. Right. Yep. So. Also the, the four color mid evolved even a little step further to play Teferi, Hero of Dominaria. Oh. I, I hate that. <laughs> I mean it's probably correct, but I hate that. It was very good for the yeah. people who had it. Uh Teferi, yeah. well known standard all star, modern yeah. all star for a little bit, even legacy miracles. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, decides to show up and uh, shake up a little bit of a format every now and then. So yeah. what's funny is like thinking about uh, Saltai, right? If it's shifting to like Yasharn and Teferi Hero of Dominaria, then that gets you to like, why am I not just playing Bant? But it's just that Thoughtseize is, and I guess to some degree, uh, Extinction Event are so powerful. Yeah, that like there's not any white cards that like make up for that. Well, you also get like extremely efficient removal. Like your pinpoint removal is so much better in black than any other color. Yeah. Eliminate has been an all star for me recently. Yeah, yeah, like it. It's like I don't understand why white doesn't have like path. Not even path. Like path is maybe a step too far, but like I don't know. Generous gift. Generous gift or like a baffling end that also like can tag a planeswalker CMC three or less. Sure. Yeah. Right. I know it has for an extra mana. Uh, what is it called? Uh, Sky King apparition. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it just gets to get everything. Yeah. But you know, being on it, a creature, it's more fragile. Like an enchantment. Yeah, it needs to be something that's a little less fragile. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of hero, speaking of. Teferi. Yeah. Sure, we can we want to go to the blue white deck? Yes, it's next up. We'll go we we'll go blue white. So Okay. So st- this this deck uh eventually won the tournament, uh defeating Autumn Bridget's Goblins for the fifth time this weekend was Blue White Control, uh by Mr. Barclay. This deck was tuned perfectly for this weekend's metagame. Yeah, main deck cages, right? Mm-hmm. Main deck yep. cage is very good. And this is the best main deck cage deck in the format. Yeah. Uh, so if you really want to push that, by all means, this is what you want to be doing. For absorb here in this list uh, is just aimed at staying alive as long as possible against uh, Goblin Chieftain, uh, the premier aggro deck. And for Wrath of God as well is just a catch-up mechanism that allows you to hopefully play your Teferi and slam the door behind it. Yeah. Uh, this, these matches that he played against Autumn were not particularly close. Uh, he was only in a spot in the finals where he was really close to losing a game. Uh, he left the shields down for like three turns and she only top decked lands, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but this deck kind of ran over the field. He went 13 and 0 in historic over the weekend. Wow, that's uh, impressive. Yeah. He he he's a very good control player. Um, he mm-hmm. put in his bio that he he plays control decks and that's his thing. 
uh, and he proved it this weekend. Everything here is very good, even though the one of search for Iskanto, a little strange to me. Normally we see two of those. Uh, and only one main deck Aether Gust as well. Uh, a little strange. I would like to see another one somewhere somehow. Um, but I get I get it. Uh, the cards here are all very powerful at what they do, and he just made a concession somewhere. Yeah, so we've mentioned main deck Grafdigger's Cage a few times. Why is this a format that we play main deck Grafdigger's Cage? Like, is it, it's not uh, just Uro, is it? Is it other stuff? No. So Muxus is probably the single most powerful card in the format at what it does. And it just makes your Muxus a 6-mana 4-4, which is much better than I'd kill you this turn card. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason, like, we're not playing Rest in Pieces, right? We're not worried about graveyards per se. Grafdigger's Cage is letting people cover both the graveyard and the fact that Muxus puts 50 power onto play on turn yeah. five some games. It also hammers the uh, the decks that chose to, or the Jun decks that chose to play uh, Collected Company as well. Yeah, because yeah. then that card is like four mana do nothing. Right. The stone four mana do nothing. It's so bad. This deck's uh, sacrifice matchup is probably the freest, like 80%er I've seen in a long time. Yeah. It is just not close. Censoring a Mayhem, yeah, Mayhem Devil is hilarious. Uh, they did just time walk and play my Wrath of God to get your priest, and we're just we're rolling from there. It's yeah. not, not even close to close. Well, I, like you also just blank so many cards out of that deck. Mm-hmm. Like all the claims do nothing. The priests do nothing. Yeah, like you play like two to three just doesn't function. It's yeah. Just, yeah. This is the nightmare matchup for the sack player. Yeah. So how does this deck close out a game? Is it just Teferi alt or what's it used for a win con? That is, that is, it plays four Teferi and that's it. We also have uh, four ca- or three, excuse me, Castle Ardenvale. Um, and those okay. apply a good amount of pressure as well. Yeah. You're forgetting about Legacy All-Star Wincon Shark, Shark Typhoon. Typhoon. Oh, yes, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you have like the... I imagine Sharks close the game pretty frequently. Yeah, like... You, they do. You know, you, you just make a 5-5 five, five Shark at some point when you have a million mana. Just like, all right, yeah. cool. Doesn't matter. Yeah, wait for a turn where they top deck a land and you don't have to counter something and just make yeah. a giant Shark. You just like Shark, go, and you true. win the game. Yeah. Shark Typhoon has been an all-star in this format for me. I play it in my uh, Esper deck. I play it mm-hmm. in my four-color and Sultai deck. I play it in this. It's just all around. Uh, actually, a lot of the time, I hard cast it and then play Anissa, and the game ends. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Like you just you just don't you don't come back from that. It's not. Yeah. It's not feasible. Yeah, five-five um, is an awful big. Uh, that's a lot of protection for Anissa. Mm-hmm. And it's just this this deck is so like masterfully built it reminds me of huey's teamer list from when he won worlds it's just like that good for the weekend Mm -hmm. the format cannot answer a cast out or a baffling end very well uh enchantment removal is few and far between we have pulse and that's about it well you say that but i made like i um i think i mentioned earlier i've been playing the uh arena deckless rectos sacrifice Mm -hmm deck with the scrap heap scroungers and the bowmat couriers and i actually changed my sideboard because i ran into the next deck that we're going to talk about and i could just do nothing about it (laughs) Um, oh no so i have a few copies of 
Feed the Swarm. Yeah, I put three copies of Feed the Swarm in the sideboard that just so I had an choice. answer. Yeah. Yeah. After you, like, if they tap out to play their cast out and then you feed it, it's such a big tempo for yeah. you. Yeah. And hope, hope you should be winning at that point, hopefully. Yeah. But I think that card is going to see a lot more sideboard play, uh, probably like two to three copies in most sec decks or mm-hmm. even a Sultai deck will probably squeeze one in if it can. Yeah, that card's insane. Like, it, it doesn't see anywhere near the play that it should be seeing. I agree wholeheartedly. And I think after this weekend, we this like was like the last call. Like you, yeah. you need this card now. Yeah. So so the next deck is uh, one that I've played against and thought about putting together. Yeah. But just haven't got around to it. And to see someone who was playing for actual money be like, <laughs> Hey yo, the memes are real. <laughs> was uh, was pretty interesting, and that so, is nine lives. Yeah, meow, meow indeed. This is why I said Solemnity might be a card you want to pick up from uh, Amonkhet Remastered when this whole uh, when it came to Arena. Yep. So right, nine lives is one white white for an enchantment that whenever you take damage from a source, you put a counter on nine lives, and if you get to like nine counters, you sack it, yep. and if it has hexproof and if it leaves the if it leaves the battlefield you lose the game and then Mm -hmm. you play solemnity which says nothing can get counters so if you have those two cards out you're locked out from taking damage yep and then you just find whatever bad ham sandwich you have in your deck and win the game Mm -hmm. you can call this deck a deck of ham sandwiches because that these cards by themselves unplayable awful <laughs> but together they make a monster of a prison deck that is incredibly unfun to play against yes uh, when gregor's was first on coverage he was playing against reed uh in round three um this was right before the kaibota match came on mm-hmm. and reed got waxed like really? not closed yeah oh yeah um this deck has a splinter tune combo in it um, with the Nine Lives, Solemnity, and Gideon's Intervention. Uh, and he ideally tutored for the Gideon's Intervention and named Maelstrom Pulse, and Reed can't possibly win because it's open deckless. And that happened just, just like turn five, both games, just bing, bing, you're dead. Huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, because that's the only answer in the whole deck for an enchantment. Yeah. So this basically is effectively like a mono-weight control or mono white prison style deck where yeah. you've got like your wrath of gods but you're basically just trying to stick nine life solemnity and you're just trying to hold things together to get mm-hmm. to that point so like idyllic tutor lets you go find the piece that you're missing yep and then i like the the addition of the immortal sun so if you stick that then they can't ugin you really mm-hmm. good tech in the immortal sun you said ugin uh, i guess vivian vivian reed as well does anyone play Vivian? I guess some people do, probably. I have been seeing it as a little bit of sideboard tech okay. uh, in the side lists. So it's 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 on my radar as a card that I could potentially lose to. Yeah. But basically, um, you're just trying to get to a point where you're just like, you, I can never take damage, and I'm going to beat you down with one ones I make off of stupid Castle Ardenvales. Well, I, I mean, you're forgetting a really important part of this deck, too, and that's that it can play its win con in its land slot mm-hmm. because it plays a Miria's Call. Yeah. Where so it just, just, like, eventually makes some angels and closes the game out in two turns. 
You're yep. just like, all right, here's eight power in the air. Yeah. Attack you, attack you. Okay. Yeah. We're done. And th- that's kind of something that, like we've talked about it on the podcast before. And I think we talked about it during our Zendikar like set review where like some of these cards and control decks are just kind of freebies that it's kind of like a field of ruin or field of the dead where you don't really have to devote a space in your deck to win the game with. Yeah. I think Imperius call is underplayed pretty heavily. Yeah. Uh, even though it is a seven mana sorcery. Like I, I get it. I get it. It has its sound studs, but it can actually just win the game in two turns. Yeah. Did Barclay play any in the blue white control deck? Um, uh, I can check. Um, no, no. Yeah, I don't see any. That might be something that I'd want to play there as well. It could be. I think four Shark Typhoons is probably the right number. Um, yeah. And those might be vying for the spot. Same spot, maybe. Yeah. yeah, and like you just don't want to be in a situation where like your basic plane in your deck deals you Costs three damage you three sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Right, where, where like when you draw that as like your fourth land and you have to play it to cast your Wrath of God... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that three life could be, especially since he's playing Absorb, to yeah. gain three life to kind of hold it together. Right. It might be hard to to justify that, but no, like if you, this might be something if you're like a control player and you're playing on, uh, the ladder and you don't want your games to take, an extra twenty minutes. Right. Where you put like two of those in your deck, you make some concessions, mm-hmm. to having that in your deck so you can actually finish a game. Yeah, I could definitely see like a three-one split of Shark Typhoon and Amira's. Yeah, yeah, just get to give you a slightly faster clock at some point. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you're not worried about time, yeah, right, then it might not be as big a deal. If you're not worried about time, you can play the Stun Live deck because it kills very <laughs> slowly. It does. I like how we have one overwhelming splendor. That's just the tech. It's just the tech. Just the one. Mm-hmm. I'm sure so Gregor's is known to like play these oddball kind of off the wall decks and I think this is the first one in a little while that is like really left field like just out there doing his own thing yeah well uh, I mean all these one ofs in the deck the one dawn of hope the one rest in peace the one Gideon's intervention the Ixalan's binding and the overwhelming splendor those are all just tutor targets for idyllic yeah. tutor is yeah, all Dawn the... of Hope is a bad magic card, though. I don't it know why you'd play that. Was that even good in cover? Like, did he cast it and like he make use of it? it. Yeah, no. that's just a bad magic card. That could be like anything else. This could be a cast out for all I'm concerned. Yeah, and it probably should be. Yeah, uh, but like this, this deck is it has legs. It can be worked on and tuned, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it can be really, really good and god awful obnoxious. Yeah. Uh, I don't think this list is it, but that's just me. Yeah, um, I mean, the core of, like, basically Nine Lives, Solemnity, Wrath of God, and then a little bit of Ramp mm-hmm. is is fine. If you have the four Idyllic Tutors, maybe there's a better, like, mix of cards that you have as tutor targets. Yeah. I also think this deck can be a card deck. Uh, yeah. Might be better. It could be. I mean, like, I... I really, I don't think Idyllic Tutor is an amazing magic card, and Karn just has upside. Right, uh, but well, like, Karn doesn't get your combo pieces though, and Idyllic Tutor does. Yeah, it's just I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's just a theory. Like, I'm not going to be the one to work on this deck. <laughs> there are definitely like artifact lock decks or 
in historic that mm-hmm. aren't like don't lock you out as hard as this does. Yeah. But you know, again, they print some stupid, you know, quote unquote fixed ensnaring bridge. Right. Oof. Don't and don't will that into existence in the, next, in the next set, and it'll be like, oh. That that is the kind of card I don't think they'll reprint because like it reads unfun even if you fix it. Right. Right? But like there could be some other random artifact that helps you lock people out of the game that you could go For Karn. Sure. But like yeah. the the fact that like nine lies solemnity that I don't know, eighty percent of the field is just cold to it, or ninety yeah. percent just could never beat it. Yeah. You know, I've played decks where I have Brazen Borrower mm-hmm. and like just set up like, okay, I'm going to like bounce your your Solemnity and then attack for a uh you know, get the last four points of damage in and then they play their second Solemnity and I'm like, Ugh. Ooh. Or yeah, yeah, and you just like but like you can like there's very few cards that like actually matter. Yeah. And so like Brazen Borrower is like a generic kind of catch-all answer that like floats around but for the most part there's not there's nothing that like deals with it so in best of one sometimes you just like assemble assemble enchantment tron and your opponent mm-hmm. just will scoop yeah because like yeah i i do think that that's another thing holding this deck back is that some of these cards are only playable in this deck and you may not want to commit the 20 rares that it takes to make this on letter. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. I understand that completely. It's not something that you, I wish there was almost a like test this deck in regular play and then see if you actually like it, like build a deck and get like three matches with it and see if mm-hmm. you want to actually commit to it. Yeah. yeah that'd be interesting. Uh, uh, something kind of the opposite like of what we normally uh, talk about. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah building a deck in paper first instead of on arena first yeah (laughs) yeah yeah but it's it's i mean looking at some of these prices of cards i'm like dear god like when did these cards like when did authority of the councils become four dollars it's four dollars that's crazy okay i have like 12 of those sitting around (laughs) yeah it it might be it might be time to get rid of some like okay. just looking at the prices, I'm like, Authority of the Councils is uh, is four dollars. Was another one that like struck me. Celebrities are three dollars. Immortal yeah. Sun still being like twenty three, twenty two dollars a piece is surprising. Is it like a commander card just because it draws you a bunch of be. cards? Yeah, it's got it's got to be. Yeah, like the Planeswalker text doesn't really matter. It just matters that it draws you an extra yeah. card each turn. Mm-hmm. Also, spells. You cost, you cast cost one less. That's pretty good, I guess. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. So I did a real quick gatherer search mm-hmm. for cards that destroyed all enchantments to try and like have an answer for this deck. What you got? Well, there's cleansing Nova, but then you have to play planes. But what about Rampage of the Clans? Ooh-hoo-hoo. That could be some tech. They get a bunch yeah. of three threes and they die because you can't. Their, uh, yeah, nine it, lives? like it doesn't matter that they're getting three threes because you killed their nine lives and the game ends. I am willing to bet all the money I have that in game two, your opponent is not going to play Gideon's Intervention and, and name, name Rampage of 
clans and they rampage of the clans <laughs> i am like a thousand percent that would never happen yeah. so you would be pretty safe there i mean yeah. i briefly toyed with playing a bunch of artifacts and enchantments and then making myself a bunch of instant speed three threes it was yeah. bad but you know <laughs> we tried you know. we tried for a couple days i was like why am i doing this to myself this is awful now I'm sitting here. I'm like, oh, there's a different way. I, I didn't try that. No, mm. bad. Don't do it. Yeah, don't don't do it. don't go down the rabbit hole. It's not worth it. It only it only ends in sadness. You could play your own nine lives and then maelstrom pulse it. Okay, and then I well then you thinking, both lose. Oh yeah. Oh, but you play platinum angel. Ooh, oh, that's, that's the coin target. We figured it out. Oh, there you go. <laughs> or, or again, we could we could bring back a three mana Gideon. Yeah, can't lose the game. Then you nine lives your own one, and then you get theirs. Ooh, spicy. Oh man. Okay, we got there, a there we, we got we a go. deck of birds. There we go. At, oh. Abzan like nine lives breaker. <laughs> if this if this gets big, you're a hundred percent in the mirror. And zero percent everywhere else. <laughs> everywhere else. Everywhere if, else. If the meta game turns into nine lives mirrors, I don't want to play Magic anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me neither. No. Yeah, no. I'm, that that's not what we want to. That's not what we want to do to to anyone. No. Yeah. God no. All right. I don't know. If we got it in here, but both the both the white decks, uh, nine lives, and uh, the control deck kind of leaned into the fact that we don't have any way to deal with enchantments yeah. right and so, so they were really like exploiting a hole in the metagame that currently exists yeah where they might not be good normally but because there's no enchantment removal no one's playing their feed the swarms well then, i am well you are now Trends well, I mean, I, I was. I've been playing Feed the Swarm for two weeks now. Ever since you sent me that deck list and I lost to nine lives the first time, I was like, oh, that, can't, <laughs> that can never happen again. <laughs> yeah, but my, my point being, right, since everyone's two weeks behind you, right, <laughs> this deck, this deck was, these decks were well positioned. Yeah. Right? Like, in a normal, in a normal world, cast out, not particularly playable. Right. But every once in a while, the, the goddess of victory shines upon it. And it's time to sleep up your castle. Yeah, where like a four mana instant speed removal spell isn't historic playable, but right. I don't even think Baffling End's particularly playable. But it was good this weekend. Sadly, like Baffling End is the best removal White has. Mm-hmm. I mean, Baffling End's fine if nobody's playing enchantment removal. Like that's yeah. a great removal spell if nobody's killing enchantments. Yeah, it's very true. Just like the the hard answer to your mayhem devil. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, dead. Yeah, it's weird, right? Like the the churn that this is gonna cause. Just because I know everyone is gonna play this on letter, I have I've seen like eight or nine Twitter posts of people complaining about the one of Aether and being like, "Why aren't there more?" It's just this is going to cause a heavy churn in a historic minigame that largely hasn't been doing a whole lot in the past few months. Yeah, uh, so it's good to see something. Uh, some form of innovation going on mm-hmm. yeah yeah like yeah, i play a lot of awesome. best of one because you know time yeah and the like, tiny terrorist has t- taken all your time yeah like sometimes i do get like an hour that i can sit down and play but i don't know if like if i have that hour it was like i can commit to like five to ten minutes for this game right 
I don't know if I can commit to 40 minutes for a match. Right. But like you basically see all the same decks, right? Mm -hmm. You know, spread out some, but it does kind of like there is no Sultai really or very little Sultai in best of one. Yeah. Like it's mainly it's mainly goblins. But like, you know, you see the mono white prison deck pop up. There's very rarely is there any control. Yeah, I don't think I've, I've I had seen that control deck at all. No, I've played against the control a few times. Like I put together my Esper list just because I own the cards. Yeah, and I have played against a control player maybe twice in my mm-hmm. hundred odd matches. And yeah. It's just not. It's not something you see. And like I even put this in the notes right where most of the time at a PT you see the mid range deck or the fast deck do well. We we've, mm-hmm. we've seen it for the past years with like red black and except for Oko, which was yeah. don't count that. Right. Uh, <laughs> He's an outlier. Yeah. We we just don't see you just don't see control do well because it's mm-hmm. not it's not historically good. And I don't think this deck is particularly amazing. It was just the right call for the right weekend. Yeah. Yeah, it might not be playable next week. Right. I, I highly doubt this deck is playable a week from this a week from today. So this guy you said uh he has in his like his bio was I play control. Mm-hmm. Right. There are people like, you know, Wafatapa or uh, Yuya that are yeah. going to show up with the control deck. Right. Regardless of if it's good or not. Yep. Yeah. Right. Or Shaheen Sarani is going to play Esper. Right. That's just what he does. Right. It's what he does. Right. And this guy was like, I'm going to play the control deck. And he made the best possible control deck for this weekend. Mm-hmm. And maybe that, like, in your hands as, you know, a mere mortal playing control it might not be that great even if it was good this weekend right right even if you played the same list on ladder all weekend it might not have been good because yeah, like, I, I don't think you're going to run into 30 percent sack and 30 percent sultai on no. there uh, but uh my man's here mr barkley he just like props to him for working on the field and coming up with a list that was just flawless yeah, uh, Christos, let me ask you a question real quick. You said you played like 150 matches over the last mm-hmm. week or whatever. What have you been seeing on ladder? Like if you're not seeing 30% sack, 30% Sultai, like what trends have you been seeing? Um, I'd say the majority is a Sultai four color variant, but okay. maybe like 20%. Like okay. one in every, yeah, I'd say like one in every five Yeah, uh, is a Sultai match. I see the Rakdos Arcanist list a lot. Yeah. Uh, which, fair, that deck is a blast to play. Yeah, deck's awesome to play. Mm-hmm. I see Mono Red every once in a while. I see a Teamer Ramp a lot for yeah. some reason. And I got <laughs> I got Explosioned for 24 uh, the other day, and that was a good time. That happened on stream. Uh, <laughs> Haven't seen that in a while. Uh, it, so he had me locked with... Uh, the sandworm convergence. Oh, that was uh, that deck. Yeah. So this uh, two two instances of me getting explosioned, but I found the maelstrom pulse, and then he copied my pulse, killed my Nissa, and then killed me the next turn. Oh wow, mm-hmm. that's pretty brutal. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- that's something. So you got yeah. you got explosioned one game and expansion the other game. So you mm-hmm. got both and halves of that card. Both ha- <laughs> so the turn after he expansioned me, he explosioned me. <laughs> yeah. Like I just I, I wasn't winning that game, but he got me real good with the expansion. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I had heard, um, I was watching some of uh, Kenji's stream, and he was streaming the deck he ended up playing at the event, which was, like, Colorless Ramp. Because mm-hmm. oh, so he was like, I don't want to play. I don't, I'm sick of playing Uro decks. And he's like, there's this Wilderness Reclamation with Alpha Reclamation deck floating mm-hmm. around. Maybe this is what you were play- what you're talking about, like the the so ramp deck. I have I have played against this deck a few times. Uh, I'd say like five or six, and only once did I get trounced. What uh, deck is this? In the the mud ramp. Oh, I've I've that is a deck that shows up a lot in best of one. Yeah, I've seen that deck quite a fair bit in best of three, also. And like yeah. I wanted to put it together because it just looks fun. Yeah. I don't know it's if it's very, good. I think it is pretty good. I think deck definitely has legs. Uh, making metalwork colossi repeatable is a good spot to be. Uh, yeah. Very hard to deal with a tenton. I frequently get under it pretty easily. I have found that to be the case as well. Like it yeah. can never beat goblins in a million years. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not playing goblins. I've been playing, like I said, that sacrifice list yeah. from uh, but game podcast. Like, but that that goes pretty fast too. Yeah. Yeah. It is fast. So like, like I, same problem really. It's just. It's susceptible to load of the ground creatures. Yeah. yeah. I've been playing blue black rogues, like just a tempo deck. I need to make the list better. I've been playing it for like a week and a half and I just like hate certain decisions. But like <laughs> just like the if you know what's going on, right, you know like what spell you have to counter. Or you know mm-hmm. that like, okay, I've got to get this many cards in their graveyard so I can tag this spell. Yeah. With my drawn on the lock. So yeah. there are, like, you know, b- being aware of what your opponent's trying to do mm-hmm. and knowing what spells matter or, like, what turn you have to do something by. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I have to kill them on turn five because I'm not going to beat a resolved uh, Forsaken Monument in my right. aggro deck. I found right. that as long as you're able to deal with, like, the first two payoffs, you should be okay. Mm-hmm. And then after that, if they... If like turn six happens and you haven't developed enough, you're probably losing that game. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what the colorless ramp does, right? I also think that deck utilizes its lands the best out of any deck in the format. Well, it gets yeah, like, to play all utility lands exactly, like Infinity yeah. Fair, gas, Zephyr Void, yeah. gas. It's yeah. just it's it's really good at what it does. I also yeah. like the the decks that are like Kenji's was uh, black, colorless black. It played four extinction events. And it, oh, played, yeah. and it played them off of If Near Deadlands, uh, Spire of Invention, and Aetherhub. I love it. So they love still it. they made colorless mana to yeah. double with your Forsaken Monument. Right. But they still gave you... He had like 12 black sources yeah, in his deck. Awesome. So he could, you know, go turn two, Mindstone, turn three, Extinction Event you. Yeah clear up the board to be able to get to the the things he needed to do uh, later in the game. Mm -hmm. And like the fact that distinction event is only one pip goes a long way as well. Yeah. Right. Like, so you only need 12 sources to have the one. I think he had like a cascading cataracts and a, and Golos as well or something. They they do some, some lists play cataracts and Golos. Others just forgo it and don't, don't do that. They focus more on like the churn of chromatic sphere and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I do think this deck is probably the better Paradox Engine deck out of uh, Kai's and this one. Like it just it's faster at what it does. 
Well, I mean, it's a lot less of a combo deck. It's like, yeah. not really a combo deck. Yeah, I think yeah. there's well, like four different ways you can build the deck. There's the Metal Lork Colossus version. There's yeah. like Engine Mystic Forge. Yeah. Where yeah, you just I've get seen, to play yeah. everything off the top of your deck. Yeah. I think Ulamogging on like turn six, pretty good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Pretty good place to be. Um, yep. If, you, if you're into that, I would recommend this deck over Aetherworks Marvel for sure. Yeah, like Marvel was like everywhere for like a week. And yeah, I really have kind of gone like... away. Yeah. yeah. I, it's been I, a minute. I think it's like this is something that people need to like adjust to like with new like supplemental products coming out on Arena mm-hmm. is you're going to have a lot of like ooh 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 shiny new thing. I'm going to play this. Right. And like, you know, especially if you're like, you know, trying to be judicious with your wild cards, like mm-hmm. take a beat and wait and see like, hey, is Marvel going to actually have staying power? Or am yeah. I going to like burn four wild cards on Marvel's, play it for a week and a half, and then be like, oh, this deck isn't good enough? Yeah. I think we saw that with Modern Red too. Like it was it was the thing to be doing for like a week and a half, and then it had a 30% win rate for a weekend, and I haven't seen it since. Which version just, of Mono Red? Uh, this is like with Bomat Courier and Hazaret. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Instead of like the Wizard, I think the Wizard package is a little bit better. Yeah, um, but like the bowmat, like super low to the ground. It's just not what you want to be doing. But it was for like a week and a half, and then mm-hmm. all Everything the wild cards. Away. Yeah, it is. So so, wild cards. It is funny though, just because like we've mentioned before, the arena meta game churns so fast. Yeah, right. That like sometimes it's just like play the deck you want to play and don't try to chase. I don't think it's worth it, especially if you're not like. Like I'd play like every day for a few hours, so I like update my sideboard every every other day or so. Yeah. But if you're not like if you're not committed to that and you're not on the grind, just leave it as is. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Like you'll you'll take your L every once in a while, and sure, that's avoidable. But do you okay. uh do you do anything to track like your games so you know how to adjust your sideboard at all? Mm-hmm. I have a notepad uh, that I oh, keep. Okay. So you just keep like a like a hard log. Yeah. Gotcha. gotcha. And then it's I like just. Put in. I eventually I Excel sheet it and make a yeah. pie graph. Yeah. Uh, but for the time being, it's it's not too bad. Gotcha. So the last deck that I wanted to talk about from the tournament was goblins. Gobbos. Not that goblins is this, you know, new entity. Right. But more that I think the perception is that goblins is a best of one deck. And it keeps showing up in these best of three tournaments. Yeah. And I mean, this time it made it to the finals. Mm -hmm. And it had a couple copies in the top 12, I want to say. Yeah. So it's just a deck that is like around and perhaps better than we give it credit for in best of uh, best of three. Right. Like it's harder to just sideboard it out. Yeah. I think people have the opinion that Mono Red doesn't have a real sideboard, and this deck does. It does. It has a real sideboard, and like Grafter's Cage is good, but Grafter's Cage really only turns off one card. Now that one card is ridiculous. The best card. Right? But they can still go like Prospector into like Goblin Instigator into Lord Lord and kill you. Yep. And your cage looks real dumb. Like sometimes they just crank you out of the game. Yeah. Yes, I have lost to many a crank. I'm like, oh, if they 
they untap with that, I die. I was like, oh, wait, no, they have a haste lord. So I guess I just die to this Cranko now. Yep. Awesome. So, and, like, yeah. I went through Autumn's list and just kind of looked at what was different about the list mm-hmm. than what is in the normal kind of goblins list that you expect to see. Mm-hmm. And there were four cards. Two Mind Stones as, like, an extra way to ramp into Muxes. And two Herald's Horn. Herald's Horn is very good. Now, I went and Ooh, copied... That's a spicy meatball. I went and copied and pasted what it did, right? So it's a three-minute artifact. When it enters the battlefield, you pick a creature type. And then all creature spells of the chosen type cost one less. So it's effectively ramp, right? And, like, the best kind of ramp by, like, reducing the cost by one, sometimes it gives you three mana in a turn, mm-hmm. right? And then at the beginning of your upkeep, you get to look at the top card of your library, and if it's a card of the chosen type, you get to put it into your hand. This so, card is really good against uh, Sultai from experience. I lose to this card by itself sometimes. Just because they just draw so many cards? Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I don't have an answer for it. I, I can't. You can't feasibly waste your pulse on this. Like sometimes you just need it for the goblin tokens or something else, and you just you just lose. Like you, you can't you can't beat looking at and drawing extra cards every turn. Yeah. So these took the place of there's no ringleaders in the main deck, and that's usually something that's pretty standard is to have ringleader, particularly in best of one, mm-hmm. and they only have three. Uh, uh, Autumn only has three war chiefs as opposed to four. So those yeah. four cards are kind of taking a place of ringleaders and a war chief in some, some amount. Yeah. I mean, the horn is kind of an honorary war chief anyway. It is. It is. So the sideboard, like you can kind of see where things come in for different matchups. So like the sideboard has four braids, a trash master and a goblin crater maker. And I just have those cards are just for Cage. Yeah. Those yep. are all just some way for you to deal with Cage. And they have other utility, right? Like, you know, if you care about sacrifice, like a braid can pick off a priest or, you know, a mayhem devil. But mainly it's just so you can like do your thing through a cage. Mm-hmm. And then they all it also has a Chandra, two ringleaders, and two more horns in the sideboard. And that just strikes me as things for other control matchups. Yeah. Would it be a thing like blue, white, or Sultai, where you're just going to like accrue value? Yeah. Uh, which uh, which Chandra is it? Torture Defiance? Torture Defiance. Yeah, okay. Like, I don't think, like, I think in Historic right now, if you say Chandra, like, it's the four mana one. Uh, I Usually. Was, well, there's a couple four mana ones. That's what I was asking. Oh, the good one. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, Christos. <laughs> Uh, the well, war chandra is four mana also i think right oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no 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 the 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 one that like exiles a card and then when it takes damage yeah it feels damage. Oh, she's four yeah. yeah i forgot about that one yeah yeah, yeah. Um, um but yeah this deck is really really good especially like this is tuned more for four color than anything because four color usually uh plays the role of the control deck in these mm-hmm. games and the Chandra very hard to deal with. Although I did finally get the uh, Aether Gust of the Chandra when she takes up to exile herself and they can't pay for it. 
that's a good feel. Ooh. Yep. Mm. Good tech for people listening. But yeah, I think this deck is probably where it's going to be headed as an archetype in general outside of best of one. I'm sure best yeah. of one will still stick to the speed. But I have been seeing this deck a fair bit in best of three, and it is, it's good. It's it's very difficult to deal with. You have a bunch of must-answer threats. Like, you have to push the Prospector. You have to uh, have your Wrath on time, or else you just die. Yeah. Uh, and just that's just what happens. And Autumn, Autumn's very good. Um, yeah. She, she played out of her mind this weekend, and the deck that her and Emma create just always seemed to be exactly what you want for that weekend for their archetype. Like, they made a great Gruel deck in Standard, and then this one is just perfect for the metagame. Yep. So I was looking at other versions of the Goblins deck that got uh, 18 points or better. Yeah. Um, and some of them have Chandra's in the main. One had two Chandra's in the main. And then one had Iron Crag feet to yeah. just be a little bit faster on your Muxus. Is that all that's there for is just to Muxus? I think, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a... Yeah, I have, I have definitely been like, oh, it's fine. I can have shields down. Because they don't have enough mana for Muxus and then got feet Muxus on like turn three and been like, oh, I guess I just die now. Awesome. That's yeah, very awesome. Yeah. That has not happened to me yet, but if it does, I will I will shed a tear for you. <laughs> it's just it's just good. I think the Goblin's deck is here to stay and it's just not it's not going anywhere. They 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 printed Muxus for a reason. They wanted this archetype to be good. I think people have wanted goblins as a deck to be good for a long time and it's just it's always good it's like the litmus test i think uh, if your deck can beat goblins it's probably good if it loses to goblins probably not really playable yeah you just wait until uh we get keldheim we get our hammer oh dear oh not just the hammer man one of the commander decks is green black elves Ooh. Ooh. yeah come on i mean I, uh, elves. I played against elves yesterday i yeah. have played against elves i think twice yeah. And I got rolled. I love elves. Like it uh, is, it is like a reasonable deck. Yeah, uh, Beastmaster I mean, is really good. Which one? Beastmaster. It draws lots of cards. Oh yeah. Beast Whisper. Be- Beast, Beast Whisper. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, there will forever be a soft spot in my heart for elves. Yeah, I think that it's... like goblins, even without Muxus, well, they knew Muxus, Muxus was coming. But the cards that they decided to put in the Commander Anthology sets yeah, were basically they just put goblins into the format. Yep. Which is just weird. That they were yeah. like, here are these two lords. And here's Goblin Matron. Yeah. Right? Like, here's a bunch of, like, I guess Goblin Matron's now modern playable, modern legal. But mm-hmm. here's a card that wasn't legal in modern. But here, have it for your little uh, uh, historic mm-hmm. format. Yeah, even goblins and modern is a fine deck to choose. Yeah, oh, I mean goblins and modern now is like combo deck. Combo deck, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, I wish like I could play some paper magic. I bought all the pieces for the sweet goblins deck, and like wah, wah. they're sitting in a box. <laughs> yeah, I guess I haven't looked to see how much the stupid uh, bogart harbingers are. Yeah, I, I still don't know. have that uh, foil fuller snoop for you there, James. Awesome, you're the best. <laughs> Here you go. One of these days when we're allowed to see each other. Yeah, one of these days. Yeah. Um, I, the only thing I don't like about goblins is that it, as it currently sits, invalidates other tribal decks. That makes me a little sad. Like I said, man, wait until Kaldheim. I, I want to play humans. I'm a humans guy. 
Well, I mean, I can't help you there, but we get elves. I mean, I'll play elves too. <laughs> I just don't like. I don't want to burn the rares on Beastmaster, so I can play elves for four games and then be like, I don't like this. <laughs> you don't yeah. want to burn the burn the wilds on uh, Allosaurus Shepherd. No, I you, know, you know it's better than burning those wilds on mm-hmm. Allosaurus Shepherd is burning hundred dollar bills on Allosaurus uh, Shepherd in person. Yeah, yikes! Ooh, that's the yeah. That's yikes. Hey, I I paid eighty dollars for a playset. Okay, you won. Time. You won. You won magic. <laughs> you won magic for twenty twenty. Congratulations. <sighs> I bought them a week before they were banned. Yeah. And they're, they're still in the package I bought them in. Oh, man. I'm what sorry, was, buddy. What was banned? Uh, once, once Upon a Time. Oh, Once Upon a Time. Oh, okay. Oh, did, did he cut out on you? No, I thought he I thought he said Shepherds for oh. $80. And I was like, oh, no, don't worry. I'm, I, not, I'm not a degenerate. I can't play that deck. I bought I bought a bunch of Oko. I bought Oko's the weekend they got banned. I bought some foils because like mm. this is getting banned. And these are kind of cheap. And then what else? There's so many things like I bought that then it ended up getting banned this year. It's been pretty been pretty rough. Like rough. yeah, you bought like all the foil pieces for inverter, right? Oh my god, yeah. Oh, no, Brian, I it, you know, you know what? It's <laughs> fine because now we're uh, you we're, knew that we're, was getting banned. We're for, no, it, of all the decks in that format to get banned, like they banned inverter. I saw an interesting post that someone's like. Didn't they just ban Inverter because Thoughtseize is too good? Yes. Like, it was the best Thoughtseize deck. They banned yeah. Walking Ballista. That card didn't do nothing to nobody. They banned... So, when Heliod got printed, we were all like, <laughs> this can't be okay. Like, this is just turn four, win the game. It's not okay. And it's so they, not okay. So, they're just like, yeah, we're going to get rid of that. It's like, why? Why are we... It's- Ballista is like the most fair, most well-designed magic card in a long time. And it just, it died for the as, sins. As someone who got rolled by it on, on pre-release weekend, I don't know, I'm still traumatized. I was like, oh, that card's <laughs> way better than I thought it was. I can never win. <laughs> yeah, I really don't think anybody ever looked at Ballista and said, oh, this card is perfectly fair. This it's card fine. can never be broken. Has it been used for anything fair, like, ever? evil. Yes. Like, it's like the win con and I'll be in front of... Circa 2017. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, 2017, mm-hmm. now it's just like, oh, I can make infinite mana, and this will be uh, my win con. Don't, don't make infinite mana. Stop doing combo decks. <laughs> no, that's, that's the problem, right? Wizards gave us a thing, and then they, instead of banning all the ways to make infinite mana, they're like, let's ban the best payoff. So I have to pay the second, yeah. play the second best infinite mana payoff? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, fine. It's I'll play so... the second best infinite mana payoff. It doesn't make any sense yeah. to me to spam the engine mode to pay off. Yeah. But we, we, we can now be uh, fully foiled out uh, blue, bla- blue black oops all uh, all spells. Oops. Oh, that deck is really good in Pioneer. Too bad nobody plays that format. Okay, this was something I wanted to ask you. So this, this segues well. So we spent a lot of time talking about Historic. Mm-hmm. If, when... Pioneer Masters comes to uh, Arena, and mm-hmm. Pioneer is a format on Arena. Mm-hmm. While not worrying about your wild card investment in Historic currently, mm-hmm. would you would you be playing Historic or would you be playing Pioneer? Pioneer. Pioneer. 
Okay. Get me away yep. from Muxus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Muxus what? is the reason. Okay. Give me, right. give me out of it. Yeah. So that's no, like that's a I segue into a question that I had. Okay. We had talked like previously on the show, Brian and I had talked about the Neostorm deck. Heinous. Was that anywhere in this tournament? No. God bless. Nobody played it. Nobody. Wow, okay. Womp womp. Heinous deck. Deck's hmm. a decent. Is, is it not good or you just don't like it? I think it's only a best of one deck. Okay. That I can believe. Like yeah. I only play I've only played it in best of one. And yeah, like it it definitely has some so, holes. I played I played against it with like stock 2017 Teamer Energy and rolled it in a best of three. So it can't be good. Okay. No. All right. Like, because Teamer Energy, as much as I love that deck, it is near and dear to my heart, is bad. Yeah, it's not Of course it's it is. I, listen, I want it to be good. I, <laughs> yes. The whole reason be, I came back because to this we, story. Like, we look back at that and we're like, you know, it's like Stockholm Syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. right? That, <laughs> that, that deck wasn't, like, that standard wasn't great. But after, like, the last, like, 18 months to two years of standard, we're like, oh, my God. But remember, when you were, it. remember when you were only allowed to play cards from one block? Yeah. yeah. We had two like, cards. We had two blocks worth of cards, two sets worth of cards we could play. And now we're like, you know how we can only play adventure cards? <laughs> where we only have one set's worth of cards to play and they banned all the good ones. Yeah. That standard was bad, but I was still at the shop every like twice a week. It was every week. It was yeah. it was not great, but the games for the most the games, games were, were interesting. Like Teamer Energy Mirrors were fun. Like Oh, they were great. They were yeah. like probably one of the best mirrors I've ever played. So I had the thought last night while I was thinking about what we could build a stock team energy list for like 30 bucks and just play that instead. Just, just forever. Just play the mirror forever. <laughs> like people do this with like bug Delver pre death rate bin. And they true. just have two copies of that. Can I do that with team energy and just carry two copies of energy around with me? <laughs> Here, Would you like team- to play a mirror match with me <laughs> of team energy? Like I'll even, and I'll have like a little sideboard guide in the deck box for him. So they know what to do. It'll be great. <laughs> This is what I'm bringing in. This is what you should bring in on the play. Yeah. Trust you me. Take out, you take out the Cubs and then bring them back in later. I mean, the the big thing there was, like, Cub was, like, disgusting and snowball-y. Mm-hmm. But, like, it snowballed into, like, a creature you could chump block. Right. It snow Like, you played things that could be bigger than it. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most important part, is that... You could block it. Right? Where it's not like the snowballs now that it's yeah. just like, hey, here's my Uro. It's gonna, oh, you can chomp it? That's cool. I'm just gonna accrue so much advantage that I bury you with it anyway. Yeah. Right? And same with like, um, oh, my time you blocked Uro. Hmm? When's the last time you blocked an Uro? When I was at five. Sure. But other than that, you're just like I guess I have to, no. There's nothing you just good take it. You take six. I mean, I did I double block one the other. I think I double blocked one. Oh, I had a Loris and I was looping Thief Guild Enforcers. Oh my, Brian, you're you're something else. What? Looping Thief Guild. That's not okay. That's not okay. Stop doing that. Hey, it was the deck is so this blue black rogues deck. 
every time I have a sensor in my hand, I'm just like, why can't you be a remand? <laughs> like, of all the things they put in this format, like, right? remand would, like, make a tempo deck, like, playable. Every goblins card you ever want, control, no. Couldn't it be me? Yeah. Split. Give me cryptic. Give oh, me on. cryptic. No, no one you needs that. You have cryptic. No, have cryptic. I do not have sublime epiphany. I want cryptic. I, I actually kind of like that card, though. I do like that card. Yeah. Yes, I don't think it's, like, super playable. Just give me cryptic. Give me Serum Visions. Oh, you want to you, you make a Neostorm good? Yeah, Serum Visions. No, no, no. no, no, <laughs> no. We, we, we ban that. Talk, we, we ban we, that? We ban that and move on with our lives. I don't know. Um, That's fine. I actually frequently block Uro with goats. Sure. If you're doing goat things. Goat. Well, goat block scry. You know, I really like yeah, the exactly. Arcanist deck. It's just it loses to Sultai too too much. Which deck? And I wish it was better. The the Arcanist, the Rectus Arcanist deck. Yeah. With like, uh, village rights and Pyromancer. Yeah, no, I think that deck is. Fine. I mean, it it does run into kind of the same problem that. It's just um, a smaller mid range deck. You it's a smaller mid range deck, and again, like. You're playing a two mana one three if your opponent plays a cage. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I'm so boned. My opponent played a cage and now my deck does not nearly as much. Right. It's yeah, it's it's rough. I I've played that deck mm, probably twenty get twenty matches, twenty best of threes. Uh and it's just not I, I love it. I love the gameplay of it. I was a huge Mardu Pyromancer fan in modern. And yeah, that deck was sweet. Yeah. I brought it to a PBTQ, <laughs> and it's just not—it's not good enough. I don't know what it—I don't even know what it needs. Probably faith of looting or lingering souls. Yeah, some but some flashback play. card. Yeah, something, which I don't understand. Like, this is my problem with historic and why I would switch to pioneer. That they curate historic in a weird way where they like pick and choose instead of just being like, here's most of what we want and we can add little things later but they give us like historic analogies one and two or whatever it was and mm -hmm. it's just not enough yeah well, like, i want i want a fully defined format not like this pick and choose type thing that they're doing now it's it's very much that someone in wizards hq like i got seven tweets that said people want goblins we should put like a bust all the busted goblins in like across these three historic anthologies, so people have to buy them or burn wild cards on them. Yeah. And then, oh, I got some tweets that people wanted. Like, who was like, I want Platinum Angel? No one. Like, why <laughs> yeah, was that one of the cards? Nobody. Like, no some... one. Platinum Angel is like one of my favorite cards. The masterpiece art is like my favorite art in the yeah. game. And I didn't want it. Yeah, like, I like some of the some of the cards they decided to put in just make no sense. Mm -hmm. as like why is this here but i do feel like it is weird that they just were like the tribe we want to be good as goblins it's like well i want to play elves we'll give you some b plus elves but yeah. nothing but the goblins good. the goblins <laughs> what are all the best goblins here take them and let's yeah. make a new one that's better yeah let's make the best tribal creature ever mm-hmm can but I have yeah. Thalia? Guardian we, of Thriven? We do. We have Thalia. Yeah, we do. do we have Thalia's yeah. Lieutenant? 
No. Okay, well, then. Not, not yet. No, that'll come. Downshift it to uncommon. Downshift it. <laughs> sure. I would like to show you how many uncommon wild cards I have. I would like I this card lot. to be at uncommon. Thank you. I have like 50, please. So are you someone that feels priced out of like historic and, uh, you know, the future pioneer? I mean, yeah. Like, so I, I listened to the, to the pod last week. And so I have like Sultai, I have Rakdos, and I have Esper, and by and large, Blue White, like all the cards. Mm-hmm. But I don't have Goblins, and I want to play that deck, but I can't. I'm not allowed. I want to play like Mono Black Gift, but I don't have Massacre Worm Wildcard mana, and I just can't do that. So I just, there's stuff that I want to do, and I have, you know, eight Revitalizes, and I can't do anything about that. Mm-hmm. And I have. You know, my, my six pages of duress. Can't do anything about that. <laughs> I mean, I love me some duress, but I don't need 30 copies. Exactly. Uh, so I don't know. I, I've, I've said this. Like, I, I was early. Another thing that annoyed me is that I was a beta tester for right. Arena, right? And I had all the Chandras mm-hmm. from Kaladesh and all the hearts, and they didn't give them back to me. Yeah, well, they reset the accounts. That's garbage. I, yeah. That was eight wild cards. Yep. I worked. I had like red belt reveals, like pristine Wyatt Darby list from that pro tour done, mm-hmm. <laughs> and got nothing for it. Yeah, yeah and you, like, you, you had big big holes in when you were playing too. Like you weren't. You haven't been with Arena pretty consistently since then, right? No. Yeah. Like I, I stopped playing Arena for like eight months because I was I was pretty heavy into Golgari standard. And then mm-hmm. I played a lot of Bant Ramp, or not Bant Ramp, um, Sultai Ramp, uh, yeah. like eight months ago, when that was like the thing to do was like cultivate, you know, yeah, yeah. Nissa, Nexus, or not Nexus, uh, Ugin. And I, I built up a good amount. That's when I like, I got most of like the triumphs and that kind of thing. Yeah. And now I had to, I had to get back into it. You know, I didn't have a good deck for a little bit, but I was only off by like eight or 10 rares. And I was able to like trim those out through dailies. Mm-hmm. But I still like, I, like I want to play that mono red deck, even though it's bad, but I can't because I don't have Bowman. <laughs> oh, makes Bowman. me sad. I don't have Glorybringers. I want to play that too. Can't do that. Uh, don't bother. Glorybringers not good. Yeah, it's okay. I have I have Phoenix instead or uh, Redbird, not Arcane Phoenix. Redbird's also not good. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I played Teamer enough to know that Redbird bad. Yeah. <sighs> I'd love for it to be good. Yeah. I've tried. I've tried deck lists with both of them, but yeah, it's this is not the format for Redbird or a Glorybringer. I thought that I would be able to brew up a big red deck mm-hmm. uh, with either Map or uh, the new the new one, the new like two minute Scry draw card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Maze uh, Mind Tome. Yeah, I thought that card would be great in a big red deck, but it's just not there. Did you see Day Nine's big red deck? from like a month ago is it playable um it well it's not historic it's standard it is technically it's playable it's not great but it's a blast okay look into it it plays uh fiery emancipation oh i'm in that's all you have to say and like velikut's awakening and you just like play lands and hit your opponent for six i have see i have those cards because the game gave them to me unwillingly it's a lot of fun it plays like maze mind tome and stuff too 
Yeah, I just like that, that. Like, remember when Chonky Red was the deck to beat in Pioneer? Yeah, that has to be the case in Historic eventually. Did has you see? Um, I tweeted a uh, a Kenji list that he like top aided a modern challenge. It was in Pioneer. It was uh, big colorless red. So it was big red with anger of the gods and stuff, and played three thought not seers. Yes. So oh, I yeah, built this yeah. deck in standard. Yeah. And, and it was so good. I played reality smasher, thought not seer, uh, soul, not soul scrimmage, uh, Hazaret, Chandra, and the the colorless one that pins you for one, mm-hmm. and ramming up ruins, yep. and deck was gas. I was like three zero for like two months. Yep. I'd have him. I just want to do that again. That's what that's going to Pioneer. Mark my words, was it? <laughs> yeah, like I think that Pioneer is going to change a whole whole lot once it comes onto Arena, and yeah. like people get eyes on it. It has right. to, like, because you know, at some point, you know, people are going to play less historic i think when there's a more defined actual format but it kind of is going to depend on what cards are in like pioneer masters or whatever yeah like if they go the muxus route there's no reason to play pioneer over historic what do you mean think of the muxus route no like if they if they put a bunch of like muxus as cards oh no pioneer pioneer masters or pioneer what is it uh uh, the there's a pioneer set coming in quarter one yeah. to arena pioneer oh, remastered or remastered. something yeah, pioneers? yeah where they're just taking basically yeah. cards from pioneer and bringing them to arena interesting right. so, so it's, it's gotta like, be like the eldrazi right yeah so as long as they do a good job like Kalidas. if they give me thing in the ice i can play phoenix you can't you could Ooh, but and if, i'll have baby jace oh we're rolling <laughs> yeah but if they give you like like the right cards right like yeah. the fact that they're curating it they could just like miss stuff because they're like well we're gonna do another one of these in six months so yeah, we have really? to we can only give you like i don't know how they're gonna do it right but they yeah i don't know in, in theory they, they're like here's pioneer remastered like they can't give you like regardless of what the limited environment wants they can't give you a bunch of like two mana two two no text. They can't just give you Grizzly Bear. That card's not playable in like the actual like Yeah, like this has to be almost like a master set draft, right? Where it's like it's very clearly higher power level than Yeah. Well, I mean what if they didn't do that at all though? Then what's what the if, Well what if they gave us like Pioneer remastered as jumpstart? Oh they god. Could. Don't I don't like that. Yeah, like that would be awful. Well, I mean, it'd be a way to like get the cards quickly. Like you'd Mm -hmm. get them quicker through that than you would drafting, and you could also make the set bigger without like watering it down. I like jumpstart was like six hundred cards or something, wasn't it? I had a thought on this. And you're 100% in, even though you don't know yet. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> How big was Mystery Booster? Oh, I loved Mystery Booster. There you go. You it take, was like 2,000 cards. You it take was Pioneer Masters, or Remastered, yeah. and you curate it like Mystery Bo- Booster. I'm in. 
where it's just this giant like mystery booster cube esque thing. Yeah. Fro- that covers all of Pioneer, mm-hmm. and you get rid of all the like saddleback yeah. or sailback lagak yeah. type cards. The five mana five fours. They all yep. go away, and they're all just like good playable cards mm-hmm. and you just have this giant like mystery be- booster-esque that sounds great draft oh yeah man is so good and pioneer like as a format has good cards it's just like popular the the problem is like are they gonna want to take one bite at the apple yeah right no and i think we know this from wizards in the past like two years that the answer is no they take all the bites yeah, so do they um, like do they end up re- releasing like two or three like pioneer remastered kind of things mm-hmm. where you where they have drafts and packs of the like The question is do the, does the format die in the meantime? See, this is thing we talked about before. Yeah. And like I think the reason that Pioneer quote unquote died is it was birthed, then no one was allowed to play it. Right. And it, it only existed for three months. And then in the meantime, the only thing you could do easily was play Historic. So now yeah. everyone's like, oh, Historic's so great. And it's like, yes, because you don't have the other thing to do with your cards on Arena. Right. Yeah. Like you're you're forced into Historic, essentially. Yeah, you are forced mm-hmm. to play Historic because I think that if if we all were, like went back like a year ago, right? They announced Historic like 15 months ago. They announced uh, Pioneer 13 months ago, right? And mm-hmm. when Pioneer happened, everyone was like, oh, well, I'm never going to play Historic. It's dumb. Yeah, no, Historic was god awful. Right? So we were like, Historic's dumb. No need to play it. Yeah. And then, like, Pioneer was taken away from us, and right. we didn't have a way to play it. And now we're all just like, oh, man, Historic's great. Pioneer's dumb. And it's like, yes, because you've only been allowed to play Historic. Right. I, I guess it just depends on the card pool because they are so similar. Like, it'll, do you want the the Muxless experience or do you want the Eldrazi experience? Well, I mean, yeah, do you want the Muxless experience? Like, like nope. even things that you don't even think about, right? Because I, I was like, oh, like, this colorless ramp deck would be, like, great in Pioneer. Why is it in Pioneer? Oh, because there's no Mind Stone. And there's no guardian yeah. idol. Yeah. Right. So there are just things that you might not even realize aren't in the format mm-hmm. that like you look at and you're like, oh, like that's what d- differentiates the for- format colorless two mana ramp. That's a historic thing, not a pioneer thing. Yeah. I guess it'll also be the mana base. Like if they have anything different. Well, I mean, at this point, the mana base isn't any different. Like you exactly. get the. The check lands from shadows, or the show lands from shadows, and the buddy lands from BFZ, but like nobody plays those. Yeah, the only other card that might show up is Mana Confluence. Oh, we do get Pain Lands though from Origins. We do. Yeah. Pain Lands are good. Yeah. I think they'll probably add like the the other half of the Fast Lands from Mirrodin. At some I point. Imagine. I have to imagine. I mean, I, I wouldn't expect to see them until we go back to Phyrexia, like until it's in a standard legal set, because they're named after actual places. Ooh. Like, they can't just print them in a random set. True. That's fair. 
right? Like, like they're not going to give them to us like in D and D world and say, "Oh, we're going to Black Cleave Cliffs and Dark Slick Shores." Like, no, like, those places don't exist in D and D. Same with like you know the well, Sulphur Springs, but like Atacar Waste. Yeah, like we Carpool don't have forest. Yeah, we don't have those yeah. in Pioneer right now because they're very much Dominaria places. Yeah. And for some reason, we went to Dominaria. We got the uh, the Checklands. Yeah, I could see Menlands from like Sundacar, OG Sundacar. But yeah, in the D and D plane. Yeah, like that's what that's what you fight. You fight there. Yeah, that's true. Right, but just the idea that that like I think the idea that Pioneer is dead is just because the vast majority of people who play Magic play Magic on Arena. Mm-hmm. and no one has wanted to play standard so right. the thing you do on arena now is you play historic yeah right you know i'm looking forward to pioneer coming on to arena because i'm like i want to tinker with that like 64 card like no land deck yeah i, I don't want to deal with that maybe i will stay on historic i mean there's a very good chance that that gets banned because they made it very clear that they are going to ban every combo deck out of existence. Yeah. Right. Like there was one, one event that that deck was good for. Cause it was like the only time we've played pioneer that anyone's cared. Mm-hmm. That deck was a thing. I think it actually won this last week's uh, pioneer challenge. I wouldn't be surprised. Like VTCLA was like, this deck needs to be banned. Yeah. And usually when you like play a deck, when you make a deck and then play it, then you're like, oh yeah, this is too good. It's yeah. usually, it usually is too good. Yeah. But like, you know, if those, those cards might not even be in Pioneer Remastered because they might not have been thinking like, oh, we need to put Balustrade Spy and Undercity Informant in this. Yeah. In this uh, set. Cause they probably developed the set six months ago. Could be. Yeah. So. I just, I, I worry that like, the the hype the initial hype for pioneer was so great and now we're a year past and it's it's not dead it's just in like cryostasis well right but that's because nobody can play it though like nobody wants to play on magic online and even if you do like it's so hard to get cards because nobody's opening packs of recent stuff and like you can't play it on arena and you sure as hell can't play it in paper yeah so it's just i don't know it's it's in a very strange spot, and I don't yeah. know how Wizards will fix it. I mean, I think the thing that fixes it is doing what they were doing pre-COVID, right? Is, you know, the what I assume will hopefully be the uh, early August so I can go GP Vegas yeah. next year. Oh, and, like, so. it's, a, it's a Pioneer GP. Yeah. Right, they have a they have a standard GP, a pioneer GP, a modern GP, and you know whatever, right? They like make pioneer a big deal. Yeah, and they spend, yeah, like, you we, know, we can't do anything without wizard support, really. Yeah, I mean, if it's on arena, I think that like goes a long way. Oh, yeah, sure. right. Like, I don't think it's gonna be like uh, what was it called? There's pa- frontier. Yeah. <laughs> right, where it was just like, yeah, no, we don't really care that much. Yeah. But like, I don't think it's going to be like Frontier, where it just kind of like never gets any traction. 
mm-hmm. I think Wizards has a vested interest in like making it work. Yeah, I think so. Because like I don't know, modern's just so expensive. Yeah. Right? Like if it is kind of absurd. If you're one of our listeners that started playing on Arena, right? Realistically, you're never going to play modern. Yeah. Right? Like a a like tier one quote unquote cheap modern deck is eight hundred to a thousand dollars. Yeah. When For I started modern, deck. it was a different world, right? But it yes. still took me a year and a half to get into the format. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like a whole nother thing. You're talking about, you know, going to a large event potentially next summer and we have Modern Horizons next summer in which they're reprinting the enemy fetches. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Have and you seen I mean, uh, promo is like $50. Yeah, they're cheap now compared to where they were. All of them are. I paid... Um, uh, 87. I remember that number. Yeah, uh, I think I paid $100 a piece for mine way mm-hmm. back when. But, like, if you look, not so much now, because, you know, Modern Horizons hasn't been opened in a while, but if you look back, like, what was the most expensive card in Modern Horizons, like, a week after release? Running 6 at 70 bucks. Yeah. yeah. And that was a mythic. Like, yeah. they, they print the fetch lands at rare like so much of that product is going to get open. Like, I mean, they're going to be 30 bucks, 20, 30 bucks. And I, I mean, this has been a long time coming, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but that'll get people into the format though, is oh, what I'm sure. saying. But that's like, it just, it's just an absurd, like the play boost would be insane. Modern is a good format now. Oh, it's a great format. I, I, I watch probably more modern content than any other magic related thing. Yeah, and modern is really good. Like just guy controls one of the best decks. That format is great. <laughs> Cleansing wildfire. Who would yes. have thought that? Like a a common, a random common would be like, oh, this fixes everything. Yeah. Oh, that that uh, Tron, and no one likes Tron. That mono red pioneer deck played Cleansing Wildfire, so it could target its own dark uh, dark steel citadels. Let's go. It was just rampant growth. I was like, oh, why are there dark steel? Oh my god, this is great. It's so sweet. I saw a Niv Mizzet deck in Modern with Cascading Cataracts and Cleansing Wildfire. Whew. And that's the tech. Whew. Your mana problems are solved. It's great. It's, it's great. Modern is a great format. I wish it was playable. Wizards, I want Modern on Arena. I will never play another format besides that one when that happens. Yeah, I don't know that they're ever going to put Modern on Arena. No. That seems like way too much work. Like, even if it was going to make them money, too much. But it would, right? It would make them a ton of money. Yeah, I I just don't think that they have the resources or even even with a massive upset, I don't think they would want to devote the resources to doing it. And, like, that's another thing that we, we've talked about on the show before, too, is, like, the way Arena does its thing is it actually reads the cards. So, like, modern cards are templated differently or i should say current cards are templated differently than like modern era cards are so they can't just you know feed a spell stutter sprite into arena and expect it to work properly no that you know what i mean (laughs) or like a vendillion click like there's no way arena is gonna look at that card and say oh yeah i know what to do click is so confusing to people the number of yeah. times I've shown my hand to my opponent, they've been like, I was targeting myself. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know. Like, modern would be a stretch. Yeah. But getting Pioneer to a full point and functional. Again, like, we're thinking about, oh, it's super hard. But if they have, if Hasbro has, like, two quarters of flat earnings. True. You, you better believe they're going to chain some people to some desks. Yeah. And be like, I want spell set or sprite to work perfectly. <laughs> you yeah. can't ever go home. Right. Until like, Kragenwick Cremator is in this in this computer and works. Yeah. Or Tide Hollow Sculler. Oh, what an oddball card. Yeah. You know, speaking of Tide Hollow Sculler, that is the tech in the uh, the hammer decks. It's to just give you a little extra creature and then you whack them. Uh, the hammer, the, oh, the, the hammer decks? What hammer decks? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I don't, I don't get it. Colossus Hammer? Yeah. Yeah. Where you like, yeah, it's just Mardu Hammer. And oh, it's Mardu now. It's not mm-hmm. red white anymore. They've updated. Oh, I have. I basically have that entire deck sitting unsleeved in my box of to sort to to be sorted stuff. It's just sitting there. Like, I'm like, I can get behind like putting some hammers on some things. It's yeah. so. It's really cool. I lose to it every time, hundred percent. But it's very cool. Are they playing exclusively warriors now? Um, the I reason I ask so. is I right the so they have a magnetic theft mm-hmm. right which lets you just equip an equipment right but then you have um the new one from Zendikar Rising that lets yeah. you equip an equip an war equip a warrior yeah so like having eight effects to equip like if you just like limit yourself to warriors and I know that like, I'm sure that the, the red one drop uh, gets played the fire brand, whatever. That's a warrior. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah from Zendikar is a warrior. Oh, the double st- or the haste guy. Yeah. The haste guy. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. Well guys, we are yep. an hour 54 in and I just still. got, I just got asked still going. So, okay. We should probably wrap it up. Yeah, let's call that time. It's been a blast, Christos. It was nice hearing from you again. Yeah, it was great. I enjoyed my time. Yeah, good. Excellent. Again, if the people want to find Christos in this, like, never-ending stream. Twitch.tv slash Christosi. K-R-I-S-T-O-S-I-I. Awesome. And then where can they find you on Twitter? Christosi Vivo. Just add a V-E-V-O to the end. There we go. Is there uh, there any place else that you want people to find you at, or is Twitter sure and Twitch enough? Not. Okay. <laughs> um, hopefully, we'll be able to put links to both of those in the description, so you can click away and find Christos if you want to check out any of his content. Where can people find us, Brian? Find us on Twitter at Casual Tripod. Next week is one hundred. So if you have any ideas of what you would like us to do, let us know. Yeah, you can hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. Uh, you can also drop us an email at show at casualtryhardmtg.com. Don't forget, if you're looking to pick up any singles, if you're playing in paper for some reason, or if you want to pick up stuff out of Commander Legends or whatever to you know fill out your sets, please use our TCG Player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Anything you purchase after following that link will get a small sliver up to help keep the show rolling. If you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. We appreciate all our patrons and everything they help us do. 
check out our Discord, our Discord channel. Uh, there's a link in the description. There's a link on Twitter. There's a link on Facebook. If you can't find a link, just let us know and we'll get you one. I saw Christos just joined our Discord, so I sure did. He, he can hop in there and join in some discussions too. Uh, I'm going to try to post some lists. Uh, I'll post the um, the Godfrey's gift list that awesome. I have been playing and the uh, the Esper list that I made. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thanks, buddy. And with, okay. so with that, yeah, do we have anything else going on or is that going to do it? I don't I think, think so. so. With that, I think that's the show. Yeah, we will catch you guys on the internets. Catch you on the internet. Goodbye. Bye.